Do you have a tricky work problem that you need to solve? I have a great podcast recommendation for you featuring a pair of expert women. Whether you're just starting your career or a seasoned professional, check out Fixable, a podcast from TED. Hosted by Harvard professor Frances Fry and her wife, leadership coach Ann Morris, the brilliant duo provide honest, actionable advice to help you navigate everything from a gaslighting manager to returning to work after parental leave. They'll leave you feeling empowered and ready to act. Listen to Fixable wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, and welcome to the Boss Up Podcast, episode 354. I'm your host, Emily Aries, and today I want to share three best practices for how you can develop more women leaders at work. So many women I work with come to me saying, I'm the only woman in middle management in my company, or companies approach us here at Boss Up and say, Emily, how do we get more women in leadership here? We're, we're trying our best to recruit women, and we've got a lot of women at the end entry level, but the minute you look above entry level to that first promotion into management, and certainly above that into senior management or director levels, women become few and far between. So what can we advocate for as women in workplaces that are lacking when it comes to women leaders? Today, I want to share three research-backed strategies that I've seen work time and again in our work with organizations who are looking to really bring more women leaders into the fold. So the first best practice is to create a safe identity workspace where women can come together. You've probably heard me say it here a million times, but courage is derived from community. Coming to work every day as the only woman of color requires a reservoir of resilience that is just not always appreciated by those who are in their own comfort zone in a majority male or a very pale workplace. That's why it's especially important in male-dominated industries to create a safe space through the creation of ERGs, employee resource groups, or intranets, or separate communication channels for the really important work of identity expansion. This is something I talk further about in my book, but identity expansion is giving yourself the opportunity to take risks outside of your comfort zone, stretch your abilities, and become even more courageous and even more of a boss than you thought you could be. Together, in these safe identity workspaces, women can share common challenges so that they can realize they're not alone in navigating them, and maybe it's not them, maybe it's more of a systemic problem. They can develop skills to get outside their comfort zone and grow and connect to foster a sense of trust and belonging, which is hard to come by, especially in a very virtual, decentralized uh, workplace. Now, this kind of space only becomes more important as women leaders rise in the ranks. One of my favorite researchers, Herminia Ibarra, put it in the Harvard Business Review alongside her colleagues Robin Eli and Deborah Kolb when they said, quote, in the upper tiers of organizations, women become increasingly scarce, which heightens the visibility and scrutiny of those near the top, who may then become risk averse and overly focused on details and lose their sense of purpose. 
In general, people are less apt to try out unfamiliar behaviors or roles if they feel threatened. Thus, a safe space for learning, experimentation, and community is absolutely critical in leadership development programs for women. That is why here at Bossed Up, everything we do comes from a community based approach, right? Every one of our programs is community oriented, has accountability calls, has a cohort approach to how we, we approach learning and development as a whole. And we've seen time and again, that that is a critical part, especially when it comes to increasing the number of women and people of color, frankly, in leadership in majority pale and majority male environments. The second best practice that is so key for creating the conditions where women leaders thrive is creating conditions where anyone can thrive. And that's this, to clarify the pathway to promotion. Now, there's a widely cited statistic you've probably heard before that women only apply for positions when they're 100% qualified for them, whereas men set a much lower threshold for themselves. So the conclusion that so many are left to draw from that study, if you can even call it that, is that women lack confidence and they just need extra encouragement. They just need to be confident and crack the confidence code and go for it. But in fact, this often cited statistic comes from an unpublished, unscientific internal study that was conducted at Hewlett-Packard. And the broader replication studies that have been done more scientifically demonstrate a really different takeaway, which is women more so than men tend to find value in, quote, following the guidelines, especially when it comes to navigating the hiring and promotion processes. So in other words, it's not that women don't go for a position because they don't feel confident. They believe in following the rules. They believe that when you say these are the qualified skills, if they don't meet them, they're not going to go for it because they trust that you're saying these qualifications are indeed required. In other words, women aren't holding themselves back due to a false perception of themselves. They're choosing not to throw their hat in the ring for raises, promotions, and job opportunities due to a false perception of what qualifications are actually required of the candidates. So in a world where many companies still include this laundry list of nice-to-have traits and characteristics as quote-unquote requirements for new hires, regardless of how accurate that may be, less women are going to go for it. So to level the playing field for all workers, especially for women, companies have to make the pathway to promotion as explicit as possible, differentiating between what's truly required versus what's desired more ideally. When that's the case, we see folks from across the gender spectrum apply for new opportunities at equal rates. And the same can be said for a pathway to promotion within your existing role. It is incumbent upon people managers everywhere to paint a clear picture about where your employees are today, where your people are today, and where you see them rising tomorrow. Because if you can't kind of play an active role in someone's career trajectory and career growth and 
clarifying a vision for them to advance in this role, you're going to lose them regardless of their gender. So that needs to be done more explicitly, and especially for women who believe in following the rules in order to level the playing field and get more women to throw their hat in the ring, to raise their hand for opportunities, and to step up and put themselves out there as leaders. All right, my third and final best practice to think about is how to identify nurture, and develop emerging women leaders, especially when it comes to their professional development. Despite recent gains for women in the highest levels of leadership, we're talking about like the C-suite, a phenomenon known as the broken rung of leadership still persists at the very first step into manager roles, and that poses a major barrier when it comes to gender equity and leadership. According to McKinsey and & Company and Lean In's study on this, quote, for every 100 men promoted to manager, only 85 women are promoted. And this gap was even larger for some women. Only 58 black women and 71 Latino women were promoted. So as a result, women remain significantly outnumbered at the manager level, right at that first step up from individual contributor to first-time manager. At the start of 2020, women held just 38% of manager positions compared to men who held 62%. So that first promotion from really high-achieving individual contributor to first-time manager, first-time people manager, that is where the gap between the genders is the widest. So companies who are committed to retaining and developing women, especially in the first decade of their careers, have to take a really proactive approach to identify and invest in emerging women leaders in order to close this gap. You know, when it comes to developing women leaders and their professional development, we have to provide training and development programs designed specifically to address the systemic inequities that exist in our world. This means investing in learning and skill building for marginalized people specifically. We're talking about women, people of color, women of color. This means companies that are committed to truly closing the gender leadership gap should provide exclusive access to programming designed to help women and folks of color and LGBT folks and all kinds of marginalized folks continue to develop and advance their careers. Now, some of the pushback we get and that we hear from the women in our programs is that the men are wondering what's going on and why can't they be a part of it? And no doubt there's a place and a time for all folks across the gender spectrum to be actively engaged in training and development, especially around allyship and curbing unconscious bias. Women can't solve, you know, women's issues, if you even want to call it that. We, we can't solve the gender leadership gap on our own. But I think Alison Green of Ask a Manager put it best when she wrote in a recent column uh, responding to someone who said, the men in my office hate the fact that we have a women's ERG and they're jealous about the fact that we get training and development. And I think it was actually a man who she was responding to who wrote in saying, this is not fair that women in my office get training and I don't. And here's what she wrote, quote, by trying to give women some of the advantages that have been systematically denied to them and afforded to you, it was a guy she was writing to you. They're not putting you at a disadvantage. They are attempting to level the playing field. And that's really what I want to leave you with, is that if you want to change 
the very troubling trends that exist in our world that systematically promote men in a way that they don't, we don't promote women. We, men and women alike, do not afford women the same equal opportunity to leadership. Then you have to take an active approach at curbing those systems of oppression. I hope today's episode contains some best practices that you can advocate for at your place of work. And I'd love to hear from you. Let's add to this list, not only based off of the research, the academic literature, but what's really working in workplaces. So tell me, what has your workplace done to invest and retain women leaders where you are? What are some of the best practices that you're seeing on display? And what are some of the worst practices that are driving women away from your workplace in droves? Honestly, I know that this list is a long one, but I'd love to hear from you so we can continue adding to it. Join me in conversation after the episode at the Bossed Up Courage community on Facebook, or you can find this full list on the Bossed Up website at bossedup.org slash episode 354. And I'd love to see you in my inbox at info at bossedup.org. So feel free to get in touch there. I'd love to hear what you think. And if we here at Bossed Up can be of support to you and your workplace in designing custom community-based leadership development programs that actually retain and develop women leaders where you work, please don't hesitate to get in touch. We love that kind of work. And now it's time for this week's Boss Move of the Week. My name is Kate Marlowe. My pronouns are she slash her. I'm based out of Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And I support the partner success function at a behavior change SaaS startup. My boss move is recovering from burnout while aggressively hunting for jobs while networking my way into my dream job. In the before times, which happened to coincide directly with COVID, which was a fun experience, I was at a pre-revenue ed tech startup and all of my efforts needed to be focused on sales, 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 support, 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 fulfillment, fulfillment, fulfillment in a very small team with really big ambition, feeling very spread thin, feeling a lot of pressure and feeling very hamstrung in terms of my ability to perform the way that I wanted to and serve the way that I know that I can. Now I'm happy. I'm focused. The work that I'm doing matters and I see the result of that work. I'm serving in the way that I can serve. The really interesting part about this move is that it is technically status-wise a step back. I went from a VP position to being an independent contributor or an individual contributor in a very functioning organization, which is amazing because I am not accountable for all things. I am not responsible for all things. I get to work and learn with a team of people who are all functional and working well together. But in terms of a salary, I 3X'd my salary I have an unlimited professional development budget, um, and I'm tapped on the shoulder if I'm not taking enough paid time off. We have a minimum paid time off policy instead of a maximum. It's completely remote. It's a results-only work environment, so if I want to go have brunch with my girlfriends on a Monday morning, I can absolutely do that, and it fits my lifestyle super well. So for anyone else who wants to make a change out there, I'd really recommend being incredibly clear on your personal mission and your strategic plan or what you want to contribute in your career. And don't take anything less than that. Congratulations. I am so excited to hear from you on this. Thanks so much for calling in and sharing your come up story. You never know who you're inspiring when you make a boss move known to the world. 
If you have a boss move or a career conundrum that you want to share and get us to tackle next on the podcast or want to hear your boss move on the podcast next, give my hotline a ring right now at 910-668-BOSS or 2677. 